Life Audio. Welcome to the Homeschooling Families Podcast. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. I imagine by now that you're at least a month in your back-to-homeschool routine, and I hope you're getting comfortable with your curriculum and general plan for school. But have you got your plan in place for all the other things that you're privileged to do for your family? Let's talk about that today, shall we? Since this is Family Forum Friday, we're going to dive into a question that many are asking about this time. In the middle of everything else that you have to do, how can you feed your family well and cost-effectively? I'm excited to be joined by my friend Aaron Chase today to give us some insight on meal planning, prep, and even money-saving tips so that you can have a confident plan of action for the first breakfast, second breakfast, and even the myriad of other meals your family asks for each day. Erin is on a mission to help busy, overwhelmed home chefs learn to spend less money on groceries and get organized in the kitchen. Beyond the money savings, she's helped many people come to enjoy cooking again and help them stop feeling stressed and overwhelmed with feeding their families every single night. She lives with her husband and four hungry, growing boys in San Antonio, Texas. You can find more information about Erin at $5dinners.com. Now, before we dive in, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever been to a Teach Them Diligently event? Because if not, it's hard to even encapsulate what you're missing out on. Fellowship, fun, encouragement, equipping, laughter, growth, education, and so much more await you there. But what really sets Teach Them Diligently apart is a laser focus on lifting up Christ and the kingdom importance of our work in our homes every single day. It's amazing what happens when a great variety of people come together with one goal, to glorify Jesus within their homes and to teach their children diligently to love God and people and to prepare them to walk boldly through whatever door God opens for them in the days ahead. Teach Them Diligently events feature some of the best speakers in the homeschool arena, along with thousands of resources to flip through, making them the perfect cap of your homeschool year to encourage your heart, help you focus on what's really important, and then to get you ready for the year ahead. Tickets are now available for our upcoming events in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee and Branson, Missouri. So go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash events to find out more. I cannot wait to see you there. This is going to be a great show, so hang tight. Aaron Chase and I will be right back after this short break. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so glad to have you joining us today. Thanks, Leslie. I am very excited to get to chat about this very important and very challenging topic. Well, I it really, really is. It I, and I am struggling right now. My kids are all kind of grown and launched. Like my baby is a junior in high school, but doing a lot of dual credit classes. So I'm finding that whereas I did have this routine for we always had food in the house, I was always you know, kind of at least thinking about feeding my people. Now I'm not even thinking about feeding them. And the ones that are still here are getting really restless. So I need this as much as anybody else right now. Oh, I love it. I'm I'm here to help. You're like a, a quasi empty nester. I am. And I kind of feel that way with my two olders because one's getting ready to go to college. The other one works in the evenings a lot. And so like the family dinner, we we still prioritize it, but it certainly gets harder. And then it's like, well, now I'm tonight I'm feeding three, tonight I'm feeding five, tonight I'm feeding four. Like it's just different. 
and that cadence for sure. I, I will say I do miss that that cadence that you're talking about. Yeah. And where I used to have control. OK, guys, come down to lunch. Now it's like people are grazing. So I'm just I'm just supposed to stock it and allow them to graze. And that's no fun. So <laughs> I am failing miserably right now. It's terrible. Well, I say full permission to set out a grazing table. Like grazing tables and charcuterie boards are a huge trend right now. So if that's how people are getting fed and they're getting balanced meals, yeah, I say you're good to go. Well, that's we're going to work towards that for sure. Now, we have most people listening in right now are not at the stage of life that I am where I've got, you know, all this chaos in my house. And as we're getting into school, and as everyone is kind of getting into a routine, what what have you found through the years, both in your own family and as you've helped others, that really are some of those things that are super important for, I guess, setting you up for success for planning and budgeting and, and all of this stuff with regard to our meals? I think it comes down to the being very intentional and, and adopting, I would say, a money mindset first where we need to start with our food budget, both grocery and eating out. And then from there, go into, okay, this is how we're planning out breakfast. Breakfasts are generally these two or three things. At least that's how our family is. Lunches are generally these two or three things, depending on the day. You know, if you're homeschooling and you're in and out for co-ops or you're at home home, you know, you'll have to work that around your schedule and of course your budget. And then of course dinners, most of the time we're home. And then uh, just being mindful of when you're going out to eat. I think right now, especially, you know, we know our food and grocery prices are super high. They're even higher at, at restaurants, whether you're doing like a DoorDash or yeah. a drive through or. And so just being super aware and mindful of those and your and how that affects your overall food budget. And just knowing that I think when it comes to our food dollars, my experience in talking to a lot of other people has been that we don't do a great job of tracking our food spending day to day. Like we might know, okay, we roughly spend $150, $200 a week at the grocery store for like our big shop. But then like, what about when we're getting gas and we send kids in for snacks and water because we forgot it because we're on our way to a sports event or they are supposed to bring something for their friend or, you know, there's always those things that kind of pop up and we can do our best to be prepared but we're all spending like 175 plates. And so it's easy for, for, for us to miss something. And so one, providing the, the budgetary space for that, but also knowing that we don't add up. Like I don't remember how much I spent the last time I went through the drive-thru. I don't remember. Yeah. I just don't. And, and neither do you and neither does anybody because it's not some, unless you're like super diligent and intentional which would be our word for today, intentional and like keeping it in your notes app or, you know, yes, I get... Yes, we see it kind of at the end of the month, whether it's in our uh, our checking account statements, our credit card statements, or wherever you, however, or your your app that you use for tracking your finances. We see it at the end of the month, but when it comes to kind of the day to day, we don't think about our food spending. So the first thing is, I want you to be really intentional with your food dollars, and then from there, with your budget, going out to eat and groceries, then decide, okay, this is our plan for this particular week. I know that. Wednesdays are really touchy because we have, you know, maybe it's small group or prayer group or youth group or whatever it may be. So I know that's our our splurge night where we're going out for grabbing pizza on the way home or going through the drive-thru, whatever it may be. Like plan for those things. I'm not opposed to going out to eat. It's certainly 
nice to get a break. It's good to break up the cadence in the kitchen, but also it needs to be intentional and part of your overall food budget. And then once you kind of have that figured out, then, okay, this is how much I have for groceries. This is how, you know, I need to be with, you know, planning for my grocery trips and planning our dinners and things like that. So I think it starts with your overall kind of top line food budget and then grocery budget. So wise. And as you were talking, I was like, I can't even imagine how much money I have frittered away with those just running and grab something really quick. Or, you know, when we stop to get gas and the kids are all, you know, at that moment, really parched, well nigh to death. And, you know, I've I've given in and let him go in and get a snack. And that's those are really expensive trips every single time. And and you're right. I never actually kind of in the moment put that as part of my food allocation. It just was a more of a whim type thing. Right. And of course, those are fine if they're allotted in your budget and you can afford them. I think that's fine. And the other thing that I've done personally and just sort of the money mindset specifically around food, because we have to eat every day, we have to spend some amount of money on food every day, whether we're eating at home with groceries or we're grabbing something on the way or we're grabbing something from a convenience store. Like we have to eat and drink like that is an important part of life. And but we don't do a really good job of tracking it. So what I've started to do is this is probably maybe two years ago. If I'm like, oh, we'll just go to, we'll just run through, you know, Chick-fil-A tonight. Well, for our family, it's $62 to go through Chick-fil-A right now. And I could feed us for under 10 bucks at home if I, you know, right. had something from the freezer or whatever. So, so my thought is, what can I do with $50? The difference of how much it would cost to go out versus how much, like, what would I do with, maybe you're only dropping $20 at the gas station when you forget and the kids want Gatorade, you know, on the way to soccer practice or whatever. You have Gatorade in the fridge at home. Is it the, I mean, like, you already have it, like, but you're going to pay triple <laughs> at the convenience store, right? The, all of this is just to say, like, think about these micro moments in your day and in your week and in your month and how that impacts and then adopt the mindset of like, what could I do with this money? And talking openly with your kids about this, like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, that's going to go into your college savings account or, oh, that's going to go into our investment account or, oh, that's going to go towards our vacation fund. Like whatever it is in your life that you're, that are your financial and your money goals, food is the easiest place to find extra, whether you're cutting back at groceries or going out less or never buying anything from the convenience store or whatever it may be. Um, But being open with your kids about the why of what you're doing and like being hopeful for that, whether it's the vacation or maybe you're paying off a credit card or whatever it may be and focusing on that and letting that be your like positive spin on the, just, I know I shouldn't do this right now. Oh, that's right. That's because I have this thing over here I'm, I'm working towards. Yeah, I love that positioning of it because it, 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 you know, we talk all the time about helping your children understand the why of your mission and the why of, you know, why you're homeschooling, the, uh, the why is helping them because you're teaching them to think. You're actually training them through giving them these whys. And, and by bringing them into this thought process while they're young, you're actually kind of wetting their appetite and setting them on a trajectory to do this naturally when they're older. And what a great gift to give them. Yeah, exactly. We all have, well, with, with money, right? This is, uh, we're, yeah. we're not on food here, but with money, we have, we're savers personalities and we're spender personalities, right? There's, or there's just like a spectrum, right? My husband's a saver. I'm not a super spender, but I'm certainly more closer to the spender side than he is. And we have to meet in the middle. And I think by 
talking about these things with our kids and framing things with like, okay, we can do this instead of spending this here, we're going to save it for that. Just it really helps them see and it helps them identify, you know, my older two boys, one is a super saver and the other one is like, fabletics, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, that's just how they are. And so it's, it's helping them see like, you really, you need to put yourself on a little bit of a a freeze right now. We don't need to buy any more shorts right now. We're good on shorts. And so, but all of that, I think happens moment to moment, especially with our kids when they want to go through the Chick-fil-A drive-thru. They just asked me on Monday. Yeah. I was like, no, we, I have dinner in the slow cooker. We are not going through Chick-fil-A. We're going to pass two on the way home. We're still going to eat dinner when we get home. Yep. Yep. Well, and yeah, as you're talking and we, we've already, you've already kind of laid out the, the fact we have to feed our kids every day. They, we have to eat. This is a fact of life. The way that we approach it, both from a financial standpoint, but also or a financial standpoint is really, really important. But also, I don't want us to lose sight of the fact that that food in these meal times and actually meeting those needs should really be a joyful time too. This should be the investing in these times of eating together and you know even prepping food together. It really it's relational. It's it, these are joy filled times. How how have you found through the years that that families can really redeem these times and kind of I. Instead of looking at this as the never-ending saga of I have to fix more food, turn it into something that really is joyful for you in your day. Oh, yes. I've had many moments where I'm like, I need to excuse myself from the kitchen really fast and (laughs) gather myself, get my ice cream and go hide in the closet. No, there's a reason that 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 sweet mom ended up on Ellen when she snuck into her pantry with her Twizzlers and the kids are like reaching (laughs) under the door trying to get her attention right. Like we all feel that very acutely. But I think... When it comes to dinner, I want you to think of that same word intentional we talked about with our money. I want you to think about this time with your family and being super intentional about that. And there are days where that where dinner prep will go smoothie, smoothly. Your your kiddo is helping you nicely in the kitchen. They're working on this side dish, a fruit salad that you've taught them how to cut up the fruit and they're putting the salad together while you're working on the main dish or vice versa or whatever. Um, there is a lot of sweet time that happens in the kitchen. But then there's also those days where nothing is going right. The the whininess is through the roof and you need to leave. <laughs> We've all had those moments. And I think the first thing I would say to that is, you know, cherish and savor those times where things are going smoothly and identify, okay, what did I do that went well this time? Obviously, you have a lot of different personalities and moods and feelings and things going on in your house all the time. But what did I do this time that made this go really smoothly? And then when things are going wrong, reflect back, you know, the next day, okay, what could I have done differently to make this go smoothly? Okay, I realized that the past couple of weeks on Thursdays, I'm just not in the mood to cook. So I need to be a little bit more intentional, maybe starting something in the morning or planning an Instant Pot meal or, you know, assembling an oven bake in the morning and then leaving it in the fridge to bake in the afternoon. So you don't have to use your brain and that time of day when you, you know, Thursdays, for whatever reason, maybe that's a more challenging, you know, subject that you're working through or your schedule, just whatever it may be. There's all these different factors, right? But working with your life situation and working with your schedule to create that kind of smoother success. And then second to that is if you need to just hit pause, then hit pause. And I've actually shared this in TTD workshops in the past. And people look at me like, she's crazy. What? (laughs) No, I can't do that. 
But then I'll hear back and or people email me and say, I did that and it worked. And it's this, it's literally do that thing. Do the thing where you take the Twizzlers in the closet, take your ice cream upstairs, you know, out of the way, go sit on the couch and put your feet up for five minutes. And this is what will happen. You'll feel real guilty for the first like four minutes of your little five minute timeout. You'll be like, I should be doing this. I should be doing this. I know I should be doing this. I know I should be doing this. But right. It's just like when you're on an airplane, put your oxygen mask on first before you help your kids. Because if you're going to lose it, then (laughs) nothing's going to go well. So you need to give yourself permission to take that time out, whether it's just sitting on the couch for a few minutes and letting the kids make a ginormous mess, deal with it later, or letting your kids, letting something go wrong in the kitchen, a big old giant mess, the the top of the blender comes off. Just clean it up in 10 (laughs) minutes. You don't have to do it right then. Like gather yourself, maintain control of yourself, you know, as kind of the, as the mom, the leader in the kitchen the leader in getting everybody to table because you want to have, like you said, that ultimate experience at the end of all of the meal prep and all of the madness that is in the afternoon and having that sweet time that you can spend with your family in conversation, in devotion time, in prayer time, you know, however your family structures your evenings. But if you're frazzled either through that or at the end of that, we, we've got to we've got to take a time out and, and figure out what can we do differently and giving yourself permission to remove yourself for a few minutes from the situation so that you can proceed with grace. Yeah, absolutely. So there's so much wisdom in what you just said. And I think that that we're so prone to get overwhelmed as moms, especially as as the day, those Thursdays that you were just talking about, where just kind of everything is just building on itself until, you know, it's almost like our brains can't even function anymore. And the importance of taking that time and actually having someone say, it's okay to take that time. You know, I hope that 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 triggers in your minds as as, when you get to those points of overwhelm, walking away, allowing yourself to breathe, just taking the time to to actually kind of regain your thoughts, to exhale. Maybe it means that you don't even come back to some of that stuff for for more than the five minutes. You 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 redirect. You you know you you take the time to get your mind back in in the place that it needs to be, and then get back to doing what you're doing because you enjoy it and not in a state of utter overwhelm. I really appreciate your bringing that up. Absolutely, and and do just try it and see. You won't need to use it every day, but I when I have done it in the past, it has just made a world of difference. Come time that we're sitting down at the table. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we've talked about the the money side of things a little bit, but I know for a lot of us, especially as everything is is going up and, you know, we're seeing the the amount of money that we're spending at the grocery store just really really ramp up. I know I'm going more often because I cannot afford to let produce go bad or whatever. So I'm making smaller trips right now just to make sure with the chaos that's in our lives that we're not wasting food. But how can families and, and these moms in particular who are the primary ones doing it, how can they look at, at their food budget and come up with a plan that they can feel really good about that they're feeding their kids nutritiously and, and good fuel? And I know you talk about this a lot, so I was hoping that you would share some of those tricks with us as well. Hold that thought. We will be right back after a short break. The award-winning CSB Explorer Bible for Kids helps kids place God's Word in the middle of God's world. Within its engaging, full-color pages, kids will interact with the people, places, and things of the Bible and God's creation. 
fascinating images, illustrations, timelines, and study helps show archaeological evidence, introduce key characters, explain new concepts, and help kids experience the wonder and truth of the Bible. QR codes placed throughout the Bible bring educational videos, discussion questions, and activity pages to life, helping kids apply key truths of the Bible to real-world experiences. Go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash explorer Bible to get your copy now. Again, that's teachthemdiligently.net forward slash explorer Bible. First and foremost, we need to focus on the protein costs of the, you know, most common proteins that you use in your house. I'm not going to tell you exactly what to cook. I certainly can. We have lots of different meal plans and things like that that will help tons of recipes on the website that can help you kind of get inspiration and ideas. But you already know like what your family eats, you know, week to week, month to month even. And so I want you to focus first and foremost on the protein costs. So let's say boneless, skinless chicken breast, beef roast ground beef, uh, pork roast, seafood, focus on those costs and buying that, those particular cuts of meat or seafood when you see them on sale and then get a couple extra packs or packages, depending on how it comes or where you're shopping and freezing it to use for later. Don't freeze it in its package. I highly recommend turning it into a freezer meal. It's really easy to do with a beef roast. You just add barbecue sauce to it and done. It's ready to go. You'll have barbecue beef you know, that you can put in the soap cooker instant pot later. So not just putting it into, you know, don't buy four packs of chicken and stick the chicken in its package. Like put it into a freezer meal format, use whatever sauces, some canned goods you probably already have. It's There's so many different ways that you can, you know, take a meat and add a few ingredients to it to make it into a freezer meal. And then you have essentially a, a meal starter, if you will, where I can just throw, like I, this is what I did on Monday. I just grabbed a chicken that was in the freezer that had, corn, tomatoes, taco seasoning, and red bell peppers. And I just added broth to it when I added it to the slow cooker and it was chicken tortilla soup. Everybody loved it. So just really simple. That's Those are affordable ingredients. You kind of mix and match with, you know, things that you've got in your pantry, things that you see on sale. You know, a can of beans here locally anyways is 75, 80 cents. A can of corn, 99 cents. So it's very, you can do these very affordable things, but the the protein cost is the most expensive part of a dinner for sure. And, and also most other meals as well. And so by focusing on getting that when it's on sale and then getting extra, so you don't have to pay full price on the weeks that it's not on sale. That's when you're going to, that's, that's the fastest way to the most savings without having to do like a ton of like, you know, digging through sale ads and, and couponing and, you know, making an elaborate meal plan. Certainly there is a place for all of those things. And But everybody's a little different personality-wise, planning personality-wise, you know, cadence-wise. You know, do you have a kid that could help you? Are you doing this together with your husband? Is this, the, all the kids are in on this? Like every, there's lots of different ways and mechanisms to do this. But when it comes to the fastest way to save, I say the first thing is saving money on meat and doing that, you know, week after week and kind of following the sales cycles of that, the, that more expensive protein. And then second is really focused on and getting things on sale that are either freezer, frozen veggies, bread, whatever, you know, you like to eat when those things are on sale and pantry staples as well. So if rice is on sale or pasta, these things do go on sale. You often have to look for them. 
and be willing to, you know, grab just like the meat grab, you know, I would get maybe three or four boxes of pasta instead of just one if I see it marked down to, you know, 79 cents or whatever it is. Everybody's prices are different. I'm just saying what I see here locally. So that's by focusing on saving when it's on sale and then not having to pay full price in the middle. If you kind of have a forward thought of that, there's a lot of savings. Like I can just see money when I think about uh, planning my shopping based on meat sales and then pantry freezer sales. And then of course the same applies to produce, but like you said, produce goes bad really quickly. So you have to make sure that you're following those sales wisely, but then also using it and cooking with it, you know, depending on the produce that you buy. Yeah, such good points. How does, you know, with as you're looking for things on sale and as you're being really strategic in, in purchasing, you know, extra stuff at that at that point, which makes such good sense. How does your meal plan then marry with that? Because I've heard competing thoughts on meal planning. It was always kind of a confusing element to me when I was a younger mom. So how do you meal plan? Do you use that to go shopping or do you allow the shopping to inform your meal planning? Or how does that work in a way that is most beneficial to your family, your sanity and your budget? I think first is consulting the sale ads to get those protein costs to see if there's any, you know, pasta or canned beans or whatever, you know, maybe barbecue beans. It's Labor Day when we're recording this. Uh, it's about to be Labor Day. So you'll see kind of that end of the summer barbecue stuff all on sale right now. So I'll grab an extra an extra thing of barbecue sauce to have in the pantry, right? And so it doesn't have to be, I'm not saying you need to build out like a, a whole giant you know, garage side of your garage full of food. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about small amounts that you know you'll use between now and the next time that it might be on sale in six to eight to 10 weeks, kind of depending on your store and depending on the product category. They're all a little, there's little nuances with each of them. But, you know, building a small stockpile. So what I would recommend is looking at the ad and saying, okay, this is on sale this week. I know we can have a chicken breast and I see that there's shrimp on sale. So we'll do some sort of like a shrimp stir fry. And so those are two meals that I'm making based on what's on sale. And then I'll go look in my freezer and pantry and say, okay, well, we can also have this and we can have this. And I need a slow cooker freezer meal on Wednesday because we have, you know, small group or prayer group or church or football practice or whatever. And that way you, you are working with what's on sale. You're working with what you've already got on hand. And then from there you would fill in the third. So number one, what's on sale this week, protein, pantry, freezer, and produce wise. And then look at what you already have that you've bought already before that's not on sale and then fill in from there. And then if there's one other, you know, family favorite where it's just not on sale this week, we're just going to make this instead of going to the drive-thru or whatever it may be. So I think that would be the best approach for working with the sales, working with what you have, and then just other your other family favorites. So going to the store without much of a plan is probably not a good strategy for saving money or being really efficient with your budget. Is is that what I'm hearing here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, especially if you have little kids in tow. I do not recommend that. And I know I had to spend many years shopping with my kids and it just, you know, before they were kind of old enough to stay at home or I could go late at night or what, depending on our schedule. But when they were little, I spent a lot of time with them in the grocery store. And it's it they just it's such just like an instant add ten to twenty dollars to your grocery cart yeah. when your kids are there. 
even if you're explaining in advance, I would say, okay, you get to choose one item. Like I would say, this is my list. I show them this is my list or they'll let them add one item to the list. So yes, they're not forbidding them to buy anything, but being intentional with what we're buying and making sure that it fits the plan and fits the budget. And it's something that we actually need versus like, oh, look, it's a cartoon fruit snacks box. No, that's not what's not (laughs) on the list and not a snack we're going to buy. So yes, you definitely need a plan. You definitely want to have at least a list of recipes and other ingredients that you need to get. Um, I have a full list written out. And, you know, there's with the rise of with the rise of online shopping and and pickups, you know, my my one caution to that is watch for fees. I know some of different stores have different, you know, options. My store actually adds 3% to every single item which is crazy. Yeah. Not all stores do that. So just be mindful of that and make sure that you're getting the very best deal. There is the advantage of not impulse buying when you're having to search and type very specifically. So my experience when I have done online ordering is that I have to be very intentional with what I need because I don't want to have to go back into the store. So it's reducing impulse. It's creating this kind of structure and making sure you're getting everything for your list that you need for that week. But just also be mindful of the potential. It also will save you a lot of time as well. But just be mindful of potential fees, whether it's a you know subscription for the year or a personal shopper fee or there's all there's different fees. I've seen multiple stores with different types of fees. So just be mindful of that and make sure that it's something that you can afford, you know, that week or if you're doing it on the regular, something that's worth, you know, your time and your energy and getting all that pulled together. Yeah. And those are really nice. And especially in in a pinch, they there have been several times when they have been just a real blessing for me to be able to to use something like that. But you're right the the amount per item is definitely affected from all the ones that I have tried to use before. So so, yeah, there's that balance of the convenience and this time saving versus the actual cost. So I guess every family would need to weigh where where they come in on on that those priorities at any given time. Exactly. So Erin, I know that you have a ton of resources available and great recipes. We still, the chicken ranch tacos that I make from from $5 dinners, I we love. We absolutely love. I think of you every time I do. But where, what kind of resources do you have on your site? Where can the families find them? And how can actually you know, engaging with the, what you have there help the families that are the moms that are trying to get in the routine of of this new school year. Well, that just makes my heart happy that y'all love those tacos. We actually love those too. Those <laughs> we being a food blogger, I'm always making different things, but those actually are that and like a taco soup, kind of those taco-y type yep. meals. The boys are just like all about those all the time. So that makes my heart yep. happy that y'all love them. We actually I just had leftovers for lunch. So that was oh. that was my lunch just a few minutes ago. <laughs> Well, that's just perfect. I love it. The $5 dinners is kind of our main hub or HQ, I guess, if you will. There are lots of budget-friendly recipes that I have made over the years for near around $5. That's a little harder these days to do with inflation, but I still try to get things for your my family fed for seven, eight, nine dollars you know, depending on the week and depending on the sales and things like that. And so lots of recipes. We've also developed a number of resources over the years for, you know, meal plans for warehouse stores. We have a whole entire freezer cooking web app and program that allows you to make, you know, eight to 10 meals at a time with super affordable recipes, kind of like I described before, where, you know, if you see chicken on sale, 
get a bunch of chicken, make a couple meals out of it, put them into the freezer. That's exactly why and how my Freezeasy was developed and why it's such a great resource for, for families. And so that's a really fantastic option. And then we've also taken a dive into kind of the cooking gadgets. And I'm always on the hunt for ways to make my life in the kitchen easier with gadgets. And so we have a store now that you, it's an online store where you can go and order different things. And also in that store for our homeschooling families, we actually have a kid's cooking curriculum that we developed at the start of COVID. It was absolutely bananas, went bananas crazy. And so those those 21 lessons I turned into like a workbook that has shopping lists and recipes and notes and you know, your kids, you could use it as a, as a cooking curriculum, if you will. It's called WhisKid. We have a couple of different options available for that. If, and we have videos that go with it. So your, your kiddo would be watching the video of me teaching my kids. So it's like I'm teaching you, you or your kid, you know, kind of virtually. You just have to kind of keep an eye and make sure they're safe in the kitchen. But everything that we cook in there is super, super easy, great cooking strategies and really fun for the kids to make, kind of get that kid-friendly food. But that they also, once they know how to make this type of a recipe, they can also make others. So it could be really helpful for you and kind of working yourself out of the job. The WISKID program can help you with that. I love that. I had no idea that you all had done that or somehow I, I missed it in all the chaos that has ensued. So I am going to head right over and take a look at that because that is so needed. And I'm so excited that you have put this together. So I can't wait to, to learn more about that one. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't really mean to work myself out of the job, but there are certainly days where I'm sure <laughs> glad that I have and I could say to the kids, go make pizza bagels and they are, you know, the dinner's ready, right? So it's really a really great resource that was kind of one of those, you know, we needed to do something in those early days of, of COVID when we weren't allowed to go anywhere. Yeah. And that's what we did. And it, it's ended up being a real blessing for a lot of people. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, we'll, we'll be sure to link to that and your other resources as well in the show notes. Where, you know, outside of these websites, do you have social media or, or a newsletter, anything that where our families can go deeper with you if they're wanting to get more information and, and really start engaging with all of these resources? We are everywhere on the internet. I like to say we have um, a really great Facebook and Instagram and TikTok pages. We also do Pinterest and we do have an email that goes out every single Sunday to help get you set up for success that next week with your meal planning and different ideas and different things like that. We also have a new cooking lesson series on YouTube that your kids could also watch. We've been releasing new videos every Wednesday this entire year. So that's another fun wow. fun way to learn. We're really here to help you in the kitchen, both with saving money, but also learning how to cook and being more efficient. We want all of those things go together when it comes to saving money on food in general. And so we we, we have something for you, whatever it may be. But the best place to start is the $5 Dinners website. Okay. Well, we will be sure that we link all of those things so that people can start exploring and deep diving and just get the help that they need to set the systems in place to remove the overwhelm, to remove the budget tightness as much as they can, and to be really, really intentional with the work that they're doing in their kitchen. So Aaron, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been, it's been fun as always, but incredibly informative as well. Well, that's so wonderful. And I'm so glad to be here chatting with you guys. And thank you for the opportunity. You're very welcome. To the rest of you, thank you guys for joining us too. I suspect you got lots of good ideas and tips and I can't encourage you strongly enough. Go check out 
Erin's $5 dinners, look into her freezer meals with it, uh, Freeze Easy, look at those gadgets. I am super excited to go diving in there. But then also check out those cooking lessons. That would be so much fun to do with your kids and just really give them the skills that they need that will carry them through so, so well as they get older and eventually launch out on their own. So have a great rest of your day. Go check out all those resources. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining me today. It's my prayer that every episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast helps to strengthen your family by giving you biblical and practical ways to raise your children and educate them well. We'd love to engage with you more, so check out teachthemdiligently.net to find out about the resources and experiences we offer Christian homeschooling families like yours all year long. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and a whole lot more. Mm-hmm.